Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender, First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC. Look around you, that car you're driving, that house your family lives in, making your daughter laugh, inspiring her to dream. You did that. Teaching your son to drive, teaching him he can be anything, all you. And your dreams for tomorrow, you'll do that too. Legacies don't just happen, they are made by you. The important word being you. American Family Insurance, protecting your dreams as you achieve them. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Products not available in every state. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies. American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. This time on DC On Screen, SDCC 2020, canceled. The Batman, delayed. The Flash, a month earlier? Shazam 2, delayed. JJ and Justice League Dark is confirmed. Plus, who is the DC Feige? Will Tom Ellis renegotiate himself a devil of a deal? What villain would we like to see headline a feature film? Sweet, merciful row. How did we even fit all of this into an hour? It's not even a comprehensive list. I'm so excited my nipples could cut glass. And so they may. After this word from our mystery sponsor. Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender, First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC. Welcome into DC On Screen episode 592. I'm David C. Robertson, and this, the man with whom I conversate in a manner most unbefitting, Jason Goss. Hello. <laughs> on this podcast, we talk about the DC Comics multiverse on film and television, give honest opinions on projects upcoming and past, and believe that every version of a property is valid, even if we really don't want it to be. If it's been released, it is fair game. So beware of spoilers, and welcome to the show. Hello, man. How are you? Uh, exhausted. I hear you. How you doing? I'm okay. Like, I am, as previously stated, supposedly uh, essential. Mm -hmm. So I am still going to work. And uh, as you and I have discussed, and maybe even on the podcast, we're just adding hours of, of quarantining behavior, of sanitiza sanitization behavior to our... To our uh, already busy lives so yeah i gotta go shopping tomorrow that'd be a joy yeah i i'm on my last diet cola yeah i'm uh going between babysitting and f helping finish up a house Mm-hmm. i installed trim all day yay Mm-hmm. <laughs> and i've been up since three this morning which means i'm on about hour 18 and some change right now that was not the relationship you thought you were going to have with trim in your youth no I was hoping for something much more engaging. <laughs> I wouldn't have the energy. Well, I lack the will and the energy for any other kind right now. Oh, man. What, what's the, my spirit is willing, but the flesh is spongy and bruised. Yeah. <laughs> right now, it's more like the spirit is willing, but the flesh is just too fucking tired. Yeah. Oh, or more well. realistically, the flesh is tired and aware that there's someone in the next room. Mm-hmm. Well, before we uh, pucker our sphincters and splash around in the frosty shallow end, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I do want to thank our wonderful supportive patrons who pay us money mm -hmm. for even in these difficult times <laughs> for phrases like that. Right. Um, <laughs> I'll be posting a review of the second installment of Batman: The Adventures Continue in the next day or so, mm -hmm. and. Um, of course, we have the normal ad-free show, Chasing Squirrels, Marvel Reviews, those little things. And, you know, things are a little helter-skelter. Yeah. Uh, we have been busier in this time of quarantine and COVID caution. Mm -hmm. So uh, thank you for supporting the show during these tumultuous times. It is very much appreciated. Yeah. You really have no idea. And we all love you. Yeah. Um, or we I mean, both love you all. 
All that? of those versions. Every version of those words. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I mean, pull list is obviously kind of hard to do with there not being pull lists right now. Yeah. And most most shows are now kind of faltering into a break period yep. and everything's getting shortened. And uh, so, you know what? I I have to admit, though, I, I don't know if there's any James Bond fans in the audience, but um, my wife and I started a James Bond binge show mm-hmm. <laughs> called Breaking Bond. Mm-hmm. And it's not on Apple Podcast yet. It has been submitted. I'm waiting on it to be approved, but it's on Spotify and a number of other uh, services. Um, if you guys are interested, I have posted links on, um, on Twitter. So, yep. We, our first episode was released, uh, Friday and, uh, the first review, which is of the 1954 climax, uh, episode adaptation of casino. It's a live adaptation. So it's like a play mm-hmm. <laughs> on television, which is what they did back then. Beautiful. And, uh, features a very, very American uh, Barry Nelson playing James Bond or Jimmy Bond as his Naturally. friends call him. Yeah, it's real weird. Yeah. It's real weird. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, I'm, we're having fun with it so far. Good. All right. So let's, let's, let's get into some DC stuff. Uh, Before we both S- fall over. Shoot. Yep. SDCC is canceled. Yeah. Straight uh, up. Kind of saw that coming. Straight up, y'all. They, no, uh, they no were SDCC. talking about having a, an online component of some kind, but I don't know if that's going to be a thing either. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I've heard, I've heard some stuff about that. I'm pretty sure there will still be, they'll still be releasing stuff on the appropriate dates um, in some manner. So I'm not getting my hopes up in any regard. Like, And by that, I mean, I mean to say, really, I just, <sighs> I'm sad for anyone who was going to San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah, it's a huge deal. You get excited about it all year. It sucks. Absolutely. And it's a lot of fun to see all the cool stuff. A lot of effort's been put into costumes and shit. Mm -hmm. Um, That said, it's the busiest time of year for us. And um, it It, is like two solid weeks of hell. It is the hardest single show uh, episode we put together all year. (laughs) Easily. By like not even. There aren't contenders. (laughs) Right. It's. And it's one of those things where, like, every news outlet wants to, like, pick apart every little thing that's said and make it into its own news article, and none of it is really news. Mm -hmm. It's hard to find out, figure out which part is really news. Mm -hmm. They don't give you context because they want to give you spin. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's it's really aggravating. So, you know. Yeah, it takes uh, takes a while. Takes a while to sort through that stuff, but... uh... I, I presume at this point we're we're still going to get some of the teasers. Yeah. I mean, we'll get we'll get trailers over the summer. I just don't know how to time it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, well, you used to be able to count on like, yeah, we're going to have a lull for about a month before, and then it's going to ramp up and all that. I mean, you got none of that now. We're just going to it's, it's the wild west out there, man. We're just going to see what happens. Mm-hmm. And look, we've we've got some new DC release dates. So right now the slate stands uh, with Wonder Woman 1984 August 14th, 2020. The Suicide Squad remains August 6th, 2021. Mm-hmm. The Batman has moved from June 25th now to October 1st, 2021. Yeah. Black Adam is at December 22nd, 2021. And the Flash moves up a month. It it moves a month earlier to June 3rd, 2022. Flash don't care about time. Flash don't care about time. And apparently Warner Brothers don't care about Ezra Miller choking somebody. Yeah. Uh, so, yay. <laughs> I'm still waiting to see if there's anything more going on with that, but I haven't seen anything. You know, I, I once the police came out and said, hey, nobody was called, I don't think... I think that might think, be the, probably the end of that news cycle. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, I mean, I haven't seen anything else about it. Like, everybody, everybody shut up. Yeah. Mm. I, I mean, I sure wouldn't mind hearing any kind of first-person accounts that were verifiable, but I just mm-hmm. I haven't seen those. That's really what I was waiting for. And uh, now we've got Shazam 2 is November 4th, 2022. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, wait, what? <laughs> I screwed that up. I screwed that up. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is now November 4th, 2022, and it's being moved from April 2022. Ah, That's what okay. I mixed it up in my own brain. And mm-hmm. now we've got Aquaman 2, December 16th, 2022, which I don't think that was even moved. Yeah, it might so, have been so far out. Yeah. Um, so short of Aquaman and Flash, uh, just move everything back about a quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That'll give you a rough idea. And, uh, you know, except for the Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad hasn't, hasn't moved at all. Yeah, but they said they were in such good shape with that that they can work from home effectively. So that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So. All right. Um, So (laughs) over to the Batman. Uh, 
Matt Reeves was given an interview and they with the Daily Beast, by the way, and they asked uh, if there would be some politics in in the Batman uh, in regards to a billionaire fighting crime. Mm-hmm. And he says, you use those surface elements of it and you explore th- them in a way that I feel they haven't been explored yet. Nolan had a brilliant take on them and so did Burton. Everybody has a particular take. For me, I knew that I would be coming into a history of some pretty great movies and I didn't want to just do a Batman film. I wanted to do a Batman film where I was explore sorry, where I was allowed to explore the things that matter to me. I was really lucky that they were very excited about that take. The movie that we're making, which is now on pause, is absolutely made in the context of today. It doesn't ignore any of that. I think that becomes incredibly exciting. It's like any great tale that you can keep revisiting though the context through the context of the times and also through the context of human experience and find new ways to come at the character that illuminates something that's meaningful to you and hopefully meaningful to an audience. And uh, then he, he talked a little bit about how like being on pause has given him a little more creative freedom. He says, there is that thing too, when you get to push pause, I've worked on some other movies where for various reasons you have a shutdown, whether it's an actor gets sick and needs time to recover, or actually one time I got sick and needed to recover. I do find that anytime you're in the midst of something enormous where you can suddenly stop and take a little stock of where you're at, that Mm -hmm. can be a creative gift as well. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Uh, that's that's pretty much all for movie news. Yeah, it was going to be like, yep, <clears throat> eleven minutes in. Yeah, that's a record. God. <laughs> and we're jumping to TV. Yeah, <laughs> probably the biggest news that I've seen aside from San Diego Comic Con being uh, killed and the um, the the release dates actually being announced is that JJ Abrams, JJ Abrams, and Bad Robot are confirmed to create a Justice League Dark series for HBO Max. And they're not just doing that. They're doing like a Shining spinoff called like The Overview. So that's cool. I like Stephen King. So yeah. I'm interested in that. And um, I looked at the, I was, I looked at the titles that he was, or that they were coming up with. And really all I cared mm-hmm. about was the Justice League Dark, I think. Yeah. That's all that caught my eye. And uh, yeah, I think, um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, I like JJ Abrams. Okay. I guess I'll get into it a little bit later, but with with uh, listener questions. But I'm not huge on the mystery box thing that he does. Um, but what what I had fun with though is um, one of our listeners, Baxter Hill, asked, "What's your roster? Not casting, but your roster for J.J. Abrams' Justice League Dark." Uh, I got Dead Man, Zatanna, Intrigan, Swamp Thing, Constantine. So, and me personally, I thought that was a fun question uh, for the cast. So I asked the listeners. Uh, Jason Smith told us I Vampire, which <laughs> I just never remember that character. Uh, yeah. I just never remember. It's, um, it's a left field pull, but okay. Yeah. I Vampire, Constantine, Intrigan, uh, Kid Eternity, Zatanna, and Madame Xanadu, Nerdy Tasket. Not uh, bad. Nerdy Tastic, if I can say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said, I want a proper Dr. Fate. I, you know, I didn't think about that, but. That one's important for me. Yeah, yeah. that was going on my list. Um, <laughs> Brandon Bayham said, Swamp Thing, give me whoever else, but please, for the love of all things holy, give us a proper Swamp Thing. <laughs> I don't know if that means that he didn't think DC Universe's Swamp Thing was proper. I thought Swamp Thing himself was pretty Swamp proper. Swamp Thing himself, uh, himself was, I don't, I, I've never seen that done better, mm-hmm. but it was what surrounded it. There were some production problems and the writing got truncated and it was a bit, it was a mess, but no, um, and it was one of those shows where, like, the parts of it that were good were really good, and the parts of it that mm-hmm. were bad were just kind of bad. Um, yeah. It, it it needed guidance that it didn't have. But it was one of, that was one of those questions where I kept seeing updates to it, and I just could not I, – I just – I could not find the time to actually sit down and look through everybody's responses. Mm-hmm. But I kept seeing, like, little notifications about so-and-so. Oh, it's a good crew. Oh, it's a good crew. Oh, it's a good crew. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's probably Zatanna, Constantine – uh, either one of the big celestials, like a Phantom or uh, Doctor Fate. Doctor Fate would be great, though. Yeah, really wouldn't mind Phantom popping in, but that's a lot of that's that's some serious firepower. Um, yeah, Detective Chimp, pretty great. <laughs> yeah, I think that would make a fine addition to anything. Uh, Man Bat's been added kind of recently. It's been mm. kind of fun. He's in the, mm-hmm. he's in the current series, and I enjoy it. Uh, I'm forgetting okay. somebody, but I'm just so fucking tired. Sorry. Yeah, hey, I'm, you're good. I'm going as hard as I can. Uh, you know, our, our Something would be Baga. important to me too, though. 
Our buddy Chris Baga over at World's Finest True Believers, he said John Constantine Swamp Thing, Phantom Stranger, Dr. Fate, Satana, Madame Xanadu, Intrigan, and Detective Chimp. That's great. That's a great cast right there. Um, Bearded Geek 19 says he seconds that choice, and he wants to throw in Nick Necro as a villain as well as Felix Faust. Mm-hmm. Um, Ooh, Dead Man. Dead Man. Love yeah. to see some Boston brand going on. That's great. Eli Hernandez says Zatanna, Constantine, Swamp Thing, Dead Man. Bam. Black Orchid. No, no, uh, <laughs> Ryan Hulsman. Damn shabby. Ryan Hulsman says, give me Constantine, Dead Man, Zatanna, and Swamp Thing. I'll be happy. Just hope that we don't lose Matt Ryan from Legends. It's a multiverse. Let's em- embrace it by getting another actor. Um, now, me personally, I feel like Legends doesn't go a full year. We could do both. We can have Matt Ryan. I say, <laughs> I want Matt Ryan as Constantine. I I want Derek Mears as Swamp Thing. They don't even have to be, they can be in a shared universe uh, in their own right. I mean, we know that, uh, you know, we can, we've had Constantine show up in the, uh, Matt Ryan's Constantine show up in the, uh, the animated universe as well. So, yeah. uh, which is separate. So. I'm good. I, I just like Matt, Matt Ryan. Yeah, um, I mean, if if you find me somebody that's entertaining, I'll take it. But it mm-hmm. would not hurt my feelings a bit if Matt Ryan is involved. And it's possible. Well, I mean, storytelling-wise, it's possible. Yeah, there's a lot of people I would like to see over the course of a series. Starting out, though, I really want a mixture of Justice League Dark and Shadow Pact. And mm-hmm. then spin the Shadow Pact characters off into their own show. Yeah, get like, you some Nightshade and shit going on. Yeah, like I would do, you know, uh, Swamp Thing. Blue Devil, Cos- all that. Constantine, Shay, Detective Chimp, Lady Xanadu, Ragman, and Blue Devil, and then slowly bring in like the bigger people, like uh, Phantom Stranger and Doctor Fate and stuff, as That's you fair. like phase out smaller characters and put them into the Shadow Pact. Yeah, that'd work for me. Here's here's my my question to you though: mm-hmm. Would you want would you want it tied into more of a TV universe, or would you want this to be like Justice League Dark in the DCEU? Because you could totally, if you do that, you could totally like grab freaking what's her face. Um, <laughs> I can't remember her name now. <laughs> the girl that played Enchantress in Suicide Squad. Throw her in. Oh, Caroline Devner or something. Oh no, uh, Cara Delevingne. That's Cara it. Delevingne. There we go. All right. So hey, teamwork. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I could go either way. Now, I didn't get to actually read it. So to be sure, is this going to be a series or a movie? Uh, it is, it looks like it's a series. Okay. So in that case, you've got plenty of room to play with like that. I, mm-hmm. I like the idea of it being something like that. Um, oh God, the villains could be amazing. Um, could be. I only have one request for the villains. Don't make it that little, uh, twerp that I'm always annoyed by. Uh, what's his name with the cat? Oh, Lincoln. Clarion. Clarion. Oh uh, yes. Clarion, the devil boy or whatever he is. I, I always boy. just find him the witch boy. Yeah. I, I, he just always annoys me. But, um, as far as which universe, they, because the crossover, like because the crisis kind of already made the DC universe and everything else effectively a part of a multiverse. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can do a version where it's not part of it in some way. Because yeah. when they brought in the DC universe stuff, which is going to move to HBO Max, if I think inevitably, and in some cases, definitely like Doom Patrol will be re-aired there and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's just, it's hard to separate it completely. So it's just a matter of do you want to make it a separate entity and not worry about it, or do you want to try to tie everything in? And honestly, for story purposes, and just because it's... I want them to get it right, and I want them to not have to deal with the other stuff. So right now, I would say let HBO Max write their own story, play their own game, and do their own series, and then we'll tie everything in if, if we like it. Yeah. Don't try to get too fancy. Just do a good do a good job with season one. Fair enough. Plenty right, of time uh, to play with it later. So someone asked Mark Guggenheim if there were any deleted scenes from Crisis on Infinite Earth. And he oh, says yes, and we. He said yes, and we just completed the visual effects on them. <laughs> nice. And then another person wrote, "Do you guys usually complete the effects on deleted scenes? That seems odd." And he says, "Not if we're planning on releasing them." Yeah. <laughs> That's gonna be a DVD. You can go grab at some point. And then he says, one day I'll be able to explain, but nothing more special is coming, I'm afraid. You know, so, because a lot of people were like, wait, what does that mean? (laughs) You've got, you've already got what you're going to get. Just calm down and wait. But we do know that all of Crisis on Infinite Earths is going to be available on the season eight uh, Blu-ray of Arrow. Oh, good. That is nice. I mean, I I would love to have a supercut of it. Just Mm -hmm. take all the intros and outros for the shows and just make it a thing. Oh, yeah. That'd be 
fucking glorious. Um, I mean, I've got all the episodes pinned on like Amazon Prime is where I keep all of my digital stuff. So I've got them all pinned, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm still going to click through and then remember which one aired first and all that crap. It'd just be nice to be able to hit play and sit down for like three hours and just really geek out. Oh, yeah. Spend another hour watching deleted shit. Oh, wonderful. Mm -hmm. So uh, Grant Gustin was talking to TV Line and he said there was going to be a big fawn cliffhanger at the end of what this season would have been, but that's not going to be the cliffhanger we get. Mm. Uh, episode 16, uh, sorry, 619, Success is Assured, is going to end up being our, our finale. So we're going to have a different cliffhanger than originally planned. But the cliffhanger at the end of 619 does serve as a pretty good finale. And that's so, going to air May 12th. Stargirl takes over the time slot May 19th. Okay. Well, that gives us a little insight about how they're going to end up having to deal with this. Because mm-hmm. I think last time we talked, we were suspecting, like, you know, I think we may be getting finales through the summer. CW's not afraid yeah. of that. They've... Supergirl's finale was in like what June last year? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I Zombies I think was behind that. Mm-hmm. Of course, they're a mid they're they're a mid season show anyway, but still. Um, so okay, that makes sense though. But this is bigger. I mean, this is this is different than scheduling difficulties. This is we had to shut down production mm-hmm. completely. Nobody's in Vancouver for a while, kind of shit. I'm still I still don't know. Like it's going to be a weird time because the, there's some U.S. Canada stuff going on right now as far as um the how open the borders are going to be. Mm-hmm. And man, they are real tied up in Vancouver. Like yeah. crew live there year round waiting for production to come back. It is going to be an interesting time going forward. Mm-hmm. See how that all shakes out. Uh, speaking of figuring it out and shaking it out, Lucifer season six is apparently in jeopardy. Uh, TV line, TV line says that, uh, Tom Ellis already had a deal in place for a sixth season, but apparently he doesn't like the terms of that deal. Hmm. Um, and he's kind of gone back and said, I want something different. And they kind of gave him a couple of different better offers and he's still not happy. Um, the insider apparently wrote, everyone wants Tom to be happy, but there is a limit and it has been reached. (laughs) So fair enough. I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, and the, the general idea is that, you know, season, they had a, you know, uh, a deal in place for a possible season six and, but season five was really kind of set up as the, the final season. Oh, that last and, scene, I could totally have dealt with that being the final. Oh, we haven't even seen season five yet. Oh, wait, what? Oh, sorry. I'm on the wrong season. All right. So season mm-hmm. four is the Netflix one. Yeah. All right. So I could have dealt with season four's finale just being the finale. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good. That's and, off uh, on the numbers there. And then Netflix, I feel like has gotten greedy because Lucifer remains like the top rated or the top uh, trending show or whatever. It's highly rated, but I'll give him this. As far as bargaining power goes, as highly rated as Lucifer has been popularity-wise, Tom Ellis's portrayal has been even higher. I mm-hmm. mean, it, he is one of the most beloved portrayals, I think. And I did, we really didn't know when he was on network TV because I didn't I didn't see these numbers. But then once he got off and all the streaming numbers came out and all that crap, it's just... I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not even just disagreeing. I love his version of Lucifer. Mm-hmm. But how fucking Lucifer would it be to bail on the last season and pull a diva move and bounce? That'd be funny. <laughs> I'll, I right. mean, that's worth a slow clap if that's how that goes down. Yeah, I think so. Uh, we've got Harley Quinn, the complete first season from DC Universe, coming to DVD on June 2nd. And it's going to retail for twenty four ninety eight. No word on Blu-ray. I'm assuming they're wanting to keep the high def stuff for DC Universe. But um, could be. For the people who don't subscribe to DC Universe, I think, uh, you know, if I didn't subscribe to it, I think Harley Quinn, the complete first season, being on a DVD shelf in Walmart would totally get my attention. Yeah. I mean, if I was, I I just refuse to buy physical copies of stuff now because Mm -hmm. I I already have enough stuff. Um, But if I was, if I was still buying it, then yeah, that would, that would totally get me. I mean, I'm really not, not using the normal conventions over there. Like. That's pretty quick I, for a DVD to come out. Yeah. And it's also just the fastest I've ever seen another, like a season two show up after a season one in my entire life. Yeah. Like it's almost season 1.5. Yeah. I think the show, like uh, based on what the showrunners are saying, the show has done really well, but they want it to do better. And I think they're really trying to get it seen by as many people as possible before uh, a possible HBO situation happens. Yeah. I don't blame them. I, I mean, you, I know it's all owned by Warner Brothers, but there are going to be inside port parts of this that need to be dealt with. And if your show has good numbers, you get more leverage. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just that has to be what some of these people are thinking. And I'm not even saying the DVD is going to do that well, but just seeing it 
is a thing in existence because a lot of people don't even know what DC universe is really. Like a lot of people I work with uh, who love DC. Yeah. They don't know what DC universe is. I'm like, yeah, you gotta watch this. And they're like, where's that? What, what, what channel is it on? I'm like, it's on DC universe. It's a streaming service. They're like, Oh shit. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I, I get it. It's, it's a little off. So it's not going to yeah. be on Netflix. No, like, no, just no. <laughs> I think the exception is overseas. I, I, they've been yeah. sending stuff to Netflix, but short yeah. of that, um, sorry. If you're in the U.S. and you don't have it, you're just you're not seeing it. That's right. All right. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think it's time for us to take a little break and then come back with some listener questions. Nobody makes lemonade like Mike's. Introducing Mike's Hard Lemonade Seltzer, the only hard lemonade seltzer made by lemonade experts. It's crisp, refreshing, full-flavor hard lemonade seltzer. 100 calories, 1 gram of sugar, and gluten-free. The 12-can variety pack includes four refreshing flavors, lemon, strawberry, mango, and pineapple. Nobody makes lemonade like Mike's. Please drink responsibly. Hard seltzer with flavors. Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. We are back with listener questions. Um, now, I, I, did wanna, I did answer this online, but... Our, our buddy Jason Smith asked, is J.J. Abrams the Feige of the DC Universe when, when I posted the news about Justice League Dark? And um, I would say no. Most likely he is the guy who will tinker with the, uh, the pilot's story. He will assign a team to run the series and call himself an executive producer. That's his M.O., man. I mean, yep. he just does not get on, in all that involved. He's very flighty, it seems mm-hmm. like. He, 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 come, he comes in, he's got a big banner, works for him. Yeah, it's like he gets the ball rolling and says, well, next project. He comes in, looks at a project, looks at this mystery box. In many many cases, he creates the mystery box, uh, touches the tip of his dick to it, smears a little pre-cum on it and walks away and it's magic for a minute. It doesn't always work. There's there's always got to be Alcatraz. You know, that's a good uh, point. He is kind of a fluff, uh, kind of a fluff girl in a way. (laughs) He is a little bit, yeah. Um, I mean, he's definitely to, not doing the bulk of the work. I think. I mean, you know, no. In this, in no. over the course of the series is what I mean, obviously. Yeah. Like Kurtzman and Ortsy have done a lot of his work for him. Yeah, they were in charge of uh, the good seasons of of Fringe. Yeah. <laughs> Back when we were still really enthused about that. Um, and then I think and, when he got to Star Trek, I believe they took over a fair amount of the work as well. Oh, I mean, I, yeah, they they were the writers on that. Yeah, Carlton Carlton Cuse and Damon Lindelof did Lost. Kurtzman and Orsi did uh, a chunk of Fringe, and then moved to the Star Trek films. And then yeah. Damon Lindelof came over and started working on that with them as well. But that's how it works. I mean, the, the, there's a the that's a type of person in Hollywood. It's just a, a some people get to a point where that's what they. That, I'm not trying to call the guy lazy. That's a, that's what his job. That's what he does. Oh yeah, Greg Berlanti does the same thing, and I, I mean, I generally love what a, the stuff that he's got his hands on. But yeah, he comes absolutely. in, gets it pointed in the right direction, and says, "Cool, call me if you need me." And like Nerdy Tastic was telling me, uh, she didn't want to see any mystery boxes and stuff. You know, I'm like, dude, like, <laughs> I mean, depends on I'm what sorry. the mystery box looks like. JJ, well, JJ, if you don't like JJ style, he does train his people to make things. Well, like he do, like, yeah. that's just what he does. Like yeah. they mystery box like JJ, they lens flare like JJ, they shaky cam like JJ. And he, often they fail to stick the landing like JJ. Often. I have. And, uh, <laughs> wasn't it some years ago, somewhere after the, uh, Star Trek film in particular is what I'm thinking of. Um, where didn't he have an interview somewhere where he kind of said, you know what? I watched it. There's too many lens flares and too much shaky cam. I'm going to cut it. Yeah. I'm going to be minimizing that. Yeah. And that was gen. Those were genuinely my two biggest problems with that movie. When I mm-hmm. watched it the first time, I was like, okay, well, I feel like I need to get glasses, and I don't think I knew what happened <laughs> for portions of the film. Yeah, but you know, for me though, I, I don't like shaky cam. I don't mind lens flares most of the time, but the sticking the landing part is always the trickiest part of the mystery box, though, because when you're building upon a mystery box season after season of a show, and the viewers wind up with way higher expectations and Way higher and always cooler ideas. Yeah. Like for what's in that box. Oh, I just started watching. Um, like the, the show just never delivers it. There's, they can't. There's no way. Have you heard of Mythic Quest at mm-hmm. all? No. So you know Rob McElhaney from uh, It's Always Sunny, creator of It's Always Sunny? Okay. Yeah. Mac on It's Always Sunny. Um, mm-hmm. So this is his show that's for, I believe, Apple TV. It's got Danny Pudi in it. Um, 
just to give you some recognition of it. But the whole thing is about like a, the it's the behind the scenes. Um, uh, so it's like behind the can't uh, sorry behind the scenes single cam uh, for Apple TV based on like it's kind of a World of Warcraft, mm-hmm. and they're putting out an expansion pack to it, and then the goings ons and whatnot. But one of the things they've done, and the, I only got to like the second episode, and it's kind of fun, but they have this thing called like the Masked Man, and it's been like years running in this universe, and they keep building up more and more mystery to the Masked Man, and you know, secretly behind behind closed doors, only he and the head writer know that they have no fucking idea who the Masked Man is. Mm-hmm. But they just keep like, no, nah, it's going to be, it's going to blow your mind, blah, blah, blah. It's actually good. They had a series of clips of, of him, and they, they used his facial hair to indicate how long it had been. Like, at first, he was real excited about it, and then, at, then he gets into, like, all right, well, I mean, you know, just calm down. You know, you'll know when you know. And then after a while, it's like, just stop asking. We'll get to it. We get to it. Yeah, he starts getting now just pissy with the fans about it. Yeah. But, yeah, that's I feel like good. that's the back. Of, that's Sometimes it feels like that's the conversation that we're not seeing is that, oh, dude, I don't even know how I'm going to pay this off. Yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. We bet off so much. How do we chew? Speaking of uh, of Mac from It's Always Sunny, mm-hmm. um, he had one of my favorite bits of in Lost. Like he was um, he was a oh, fan the of the guy show. That keeps getting popped in the nose. Yeah, like he keeps getting hit in the head. Yeah, like yeah. he and it's just like twice. It's like yeah. once in like season one or whatever, or season two, whenever. And he was like he was one of the others. And Kate just like takes his rifle and hits him in the head with it. <laughs> yeah, like I remember the bit. You told me about it at some point. I remember the bit being just that he never got any real screen time. And he yeah, just he was, keep, they just keep bludgeoning him. Over no, it, yeah, it was just twice. Like he shows up as one of the others. Like he's a guard or whatever, and he just gets knocked in the head with the butt of a pistol or a butt of a of a, of a shotgun, whatever they've got there. And then, uh, you know, like literally at the end of the show, after all these years, we haven't seen him again, and he shows up one more time, and he confronts Kate. He has his gun, and he's like, you don't remember me, do you? And she's like, yeah. And she just, like, hits him in the head with a gun and knocks him out again. <laughs> That's glorious. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think if there is – I think there is there is something to be said for mystery boxes. I think they're great for keeping viewers engaged, but they're terrible for leaving them satisfied when it's all done. It's hard. Like, the biggest problem, I think, with them, and it's – I don't think it's avoidable. I really don't. Is if you leave something on the table for too long, people start to write their own version of it. And then yep. inevitably you disappoint a fractured group of however many people and however many theories. And mm-hmm. um, it's something I really, uh, I think they learned their lesson a little bit or Lindelof did on uh, the Watchmen series. Yeah, there were mysteries, but that was uh, 12 or 13. Anyway, it was, it was however many weeks it, it aired consecutively. You had a, you had a week to talk about it around the water cooler, but then once it was over, it was, it was over. And most of the mysteries have been wrapped up. There's still, I mean, he left a little bit on the table as far as like, there's some stuff to speculate about, but yeah. that was intentionally left on the table. For the most part, they came in, big mystery, lots of stuff going on, wrap it up, done. Yeah. No, no, no time to get, you know have a fan theory you're so close to that when the real thing happens, even if it is as good or better, you, you just feel cheated because you're really into that theory. Yeah. I, from what I hear, he, he kind of reformed with uh, the leftovers. Yeah. I haven't watched it, but I've, I have heard that was the transition as well. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would love it if Damon Lindelof wound up being the, the Martin Luther of the, uh, <laughs> of the church of JJ. Of the, of the bad robot church. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was like, hmm, perhaps it's not good to do this. Hmm, let me write my own I just have one thesis. Finish your fucking story. Yeah. All right. Um, but yeah, if there is a Kevin Feige of the DC universe, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it's Jim Lee. Yeah, it's got to be. It's as close as we're going to get right now. Right now. Yeah. There really hasn't. It's been it's been one of the things that's a problem. There really hasn't been a Kevin Feige. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm not talking about copying formulas or anything. I'm just saying that. Some things work because they're a good thing, and that's part of what that's part of what Warner Brothers should have taken up is like you know we need to have one guy mm-hmm. with a vision, with a vision, and presumably they did, and they fired him because they got weak. That's right, and then they brought in another guy. Looking at you, Sujihara. They had him, and then they fired him because they're weak. Right. Looking at you again, <laughs> Sujihara. Wait, you don't care? You're unemployed but rich because you got fucking paid through the teeth to fuck this up. Mm-hmm. Asshole. Yep. Franco Loves on Twitter says, There's no reason Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman can't be in the Justice League Dark series down the line. She's a god. Plus, there's a lot of the timeline you can play with. Do you guys think it's too tricky to incorporate DC shows into the DCEW? Nope, I don't. 
proof of concept has been achieved and Wonder Woman would be fantastic. I mean, she's in the Justice League Dark right now, uh, series right now. I mean, she's effectively leading the Justice League Dark at the moment, and it's been glorious. Mm-hmm. Like some of the backstory with her and uh, Cersei, just fantastic. Yep. Uh, Baxter Hill, what if any What if any impact do you think COVID-19 will have on next year's slate of CW shows? No breaks, shorter seasons, go long. I am still a champion, especially now post-crisis, of shorter main shows, 12-ish episodes, and then a true anthology show, another 12-ish episodes. That would, and that would make me watch CW shows again. I, I, I don't think it'll have much impact at this point. No, like, not at this point. Not at this point. There, it's, it's just impossible to say. Like, it looks like they are actively cutting down their seasons and saying like, oh, well, it's going to, you know, we're going to do this now instead. We're going to cut our episode, our seasons short so it won't have impact on the next season. Yeah. Uh, the things that may impact it are, like I said before, uh, relations with Canada are mm-hmm. a bit weird at the moment and may continue to be weird. Now, that's not a complete deal breaker. There's plenty of places to shoot in the U.S. and that may be what happens, but it may, I mean, that, that could be a problem. That's kind of hard to... If they wind up having to shoot someplace like Los Angeles or something, where that's gonna the hurt, lo- yeah, where it's more expensive to shoot and the yeah. licensing fees are, are out the wazoo for different things, like, yeah, uh, they might have to cut it down to 10 to 13 episodes, maybe 16 episodes a season. And I wouldn't be opposed to that because I prefer that myself, I do generally. But they also maybe can't afford to do that because they just don't have enough slate, like, they've still got to fill up. A, a year with new programming and unless they have something mm-hmm. else in the in the tank that's just not going to be a thing so uh, they just do it re- with reality shows i don't know if cw's prepared to do that he the, the, they might not be i don't i think they're really into the scripted for what it's worth we just want three or four million viewers and we're good to go kind of thing mm-hmm. um i mean they can move to like atlanta or something but honestly that's just that just sounds very difficult to Get the locations moved, get the entire process moved, actually find a way to schedule it around what is already happening in Atlanta, because that place is already mm-hmm. booked anyway. Um, but it's one of the cheaper places to shoot, so that's why people use it. Uh, I don't know. It's going to be weird. It's just going to be weird. Like, so U.S. and Canada is going to be weird. Um, you know, talking uh, virus-wise, we've still got to... Uh, the numbers are flattening a little bit right now, but we've still got to kind of see if there's another wave coming. Um, mm-hmm. That's just, that's a little bit dicey. And the only thing that'll affect is if it does, it's just going to keep things shut down longer. Mm-hmm. And the longer things are shut down, the more the TV is not going to be made and the harder it's going to be to get back to their schedule. But I will guarantee you this. They want to go back to normal as soon as possible. Yeah. I don't think they're going to change things, how how they do it going forward. Because if, if, if for no other reason, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good attempts at a vaccination happening right now. And if that ends up being the thing, then we don't just, we just, this is a thing we can just kind of not have to worry about as much. Yeah. They won't have to change completely how we're doing things. It's going to be weird, man. It, it is going to be an interesting summer for TV. I mean, not actually watching it. There'll be nothing. Catch up on whatever you have. <laughs> Go watch MASH or something, man. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm excited to catch up on behind those. the scenes, I'm, though. I'm having a great time catching up on stuff. <laughs> I, yeah. I, as I can. With the like, 40 minutes I had before bed, I've I've been able to do a couple things here and there. Mm-hmm. Catch up a little bit. Yeah. I, I need to finish Ed. I need to finish uh, Better Off Ted. I need to, yeah. I, I, shit, I need to catch up on Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. Because they're coming back this summer. This weekend. It was good. Oh, I've, been, good. I've been wanting to rewatch that again for a minute. and You know, there's some upsides, but it, it will be an interesting summer behind the scenes. Not Definitely not in front of them. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, let's see. J. Scotty St. Clair on Twitter says, in addition to Joker and the long-awaited Black Adam, which DC villains would you give their own film and or limited series? Who do you who do you cast and which filmmaker do you entrust the project to? Man, that's tough. That is rough. You got an idea? Um, I mean, I... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would love to do a, a Lex Luthor movie. Um, Luthor would be fun. I don't know who I would cast though. I would probably want to cast relatively young and then move up in years. Yeah. Have the option to. Yeah. But it also depends on like if they came and said, Hey, if this is DCEU or what, cause I, I would love to see Jesse Eisenberg get another crack at it. Um, but then again, I would also love to see any number of people. I would love to see, like, I would love to do, if it was me writing and directing, I would love to see, uh, uh, an elder Lex Luthor in his in his you know in his golden years, 
you yeah. know, dealing with the choices that he he made. His legacy and all that. Yeah, like that would be really cool. Like looking at all the technological advancements he brought to humankind, but also being uh, basically known as the richest Charles Manson ever. You know, like yeah. <laughs> like, I wouldn't mind I, getting to see kind of an older yeah, version of cool. uh, of him where he's got a a friendlyish. Um, relationship with superman at some point kind of yeah, a Magneto xavier kind of thing um where yeah they're, they're you know they're technically enemies but if there was none of this going on they would be hanging out if he's got too much in common at the end of the day kind of thing yeah i dude i would love that like elderly elderly uh maximum security luthor out on the grounds heavily superman guarded just a little bit of gray hair yeah absolutely <laughs> superman just kind of floats down into the yard with just like a little graying on the temples yeah it's yeah like, yeah luthor goes how's lois Superman says, you know, she died last week. (laughs) 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 And Luther's just, (laughs) yes. Their version of chess, if you had to do exactly the same scene, would be kind of like Superman would just kind of float down and be like, night to C7. And it would be understood that Luther had previously at some point just moved his his piece and be like, yeah, pawn to D5 or whatever. And and just said at a normal volume, yeah, pawn to D5. Knowing wherever he was, Superman heard it and just would come down with a ready move. Yeah. Uh, you know what was funny is um, uh, I, Matt was talking to – I was talking to Matt Carroll of the MCU cast, Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. And a lot of his – like they were having this whole discussion about who would be great to uh, play Xavier and Magneto in the, um, in the MCU. And they were, talk- they were really asking initially the question, how did they – how do they move things up with the times and still have Magneto be a product of the Holocaust? And yeah. um, one of their listeners brilliantly suggested that they transfer it from the Holocaust to the civil rights movement. Yeah. And, I mean, there's plenty of other genocides that have happened since then. I mean, yeah, but you know, tying it in with, you know, the same sort of thing, you could just move it forward and it was still like the time you could have it in a now-ish time frame. So, which of course brings me and Matt to figuring that, you know, Denzel Washington should be Magneto. Oh, glorious. And we were trying to figure out who should be Xavier. And I think Andre Brower, dude that plays Captain Holt on Brooklyn Nine-Nine as Xavier. <laughs> oh, also glorious. And as I'm saying, as I was saying, uh, talking about Luthor or aging Luthor, I was thinking like, oh my God, who would... An aging Lex Luthor should be Andre Brower. <laughs> <laughs> Do something weird with it, though. Get, like, uh, Scott Bakula or some shit. Oh, God. Why? Because why not? What's he doing? I don't know. I don't know. Not that. Not that, please. Um, I Do you know what? That dude actually is is a pretty underrated. Like, no, he's a great he, actor. he always comes off as like he s- sort of always tends to play like this really soft spoken, like ah shucks kind of guy. But in season three of of Enterprise, when the Zindi sent a probe and killed like a million people on Earth or something, mm-hmm. they kind of did like a nine eleven thing where like they sent the Enterprise out to like find the the people responsible or whatever the Zindi and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And dude, like Scott Bakula as Captain Archer is like shoving bastards into airlocks and stuff. Like he's going Mal Reynolds on him. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Damn. Damn. <laughs> you got me. Like, all right. I mean, I thought you were like an amiable, soft-spoken dude, but now it t- turns out you're like Jack Bauer over here. There's <laughs> some grit under there. Okay. Oh. Uh... <laughs> And I just, I, I just now real remembered like that they just like had him not part his hair to the side, and he had stubble as well. I'm like, that's weird. That'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Or you can give him my hair, the the old villain part. Mm-hmm. I laughed when I realized I apparently have that. Oh, that's oh, that's fun at least. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Jay Scott though says he he wanted to resist the urge to double down on Batman's Rogues Gallery, but he really wants Brian Cranston as uh, Mister Freeze. I'd take Brian Cranston as Freeze, Two Face. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, those are probably my top two. I see. I'd love to see Brian Cranston as Luthor. I know that's a common thing. I mean, yeah. Um, I mean, but he fits the bill pretty well. And I mean, yeah. Yeah, you know, there's no question about his acting. It's... We know he's great as Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, he was Gordon in year one. 
yeah. he wants to be helmed by Lee Wannell, 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 maybe? I don't know how to, I don't know who that is. But if Lost it's a film, there. but Noah Hawley as a series. And dude, Noah Hawley's the shit, all right? I know that name. Who is that? Legion. Showrunner for Legion. Oh, fuck yes. And showrunner for Fargo. Um, which I heard, I hear great things about every season takes place in a different time period. And I'm sorry, but you gotta, no, you can't have my Noah Hawley. That dude's working on Star Trek, the next Star Trek movie. (laughs) He is busy. That man is busy. Fight for him. Um, (laughs) I I can give you who my villain would be, but you're going to have to help me cast him because I'm, I'm just, I'll uh, I'll give it a shot. I'm not firing all the way and, uh, I'm not. I think okay. you're a better caster in, in general, even when I am on all cylinders. Um, mm-hmm. Sinestro. Okay. Got a fun backstory. The whole, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the old turned, uh, uh, good guy turned heel thing. Right. Or baby face turned heel. I think that's the actual wrestler terminology. Anyway. <laughs> um, right. Anyway, he's got a fun backstory. You, it's, I mean, it's the core. So there's all kinds of shit you can get into. You can write whatever the hell story you want to. It's a big, it's space wild west. Go crazy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the greatest lantern, uh, you know, turning to a fear-based lantern, that's, that's, I think you can have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. I don't think I have to do any work to cast it. Uh, we just put Mark Strong right back in that makeup. Right back where he came from. <laughs> right back where he came from. Absolutely. I'm not opposed. I'm not opposed at all. Um, he is one of the, you know, the kind of body type that's like not too uh, chesty. They're, they're definitely fit, but it's slenderish. Mm-hmm. Feels like that's the body type I'd go for, but that's really all I can, like that, that feels right for me. For him. Yeah. He doesn't like, for to me, Sinestro doesn't look like a guy who you immediately look, look at and go like, yeah, he's got like two leg days, you know? Right. Like if, I, I don't know, like if the timing were appropriate, if I had a time machine, I'd probably like just pop back and grab Vincent Price and oh, sure. send, him, send him to the gym and say, you're Sinestro. Yeah. But, uh. You're Sinestro now. Make it work. Okay. Who oh, he would. That? He would too. Oh my God. He would. I genuinely don't know who I could think of to grab him right now. Like I, the only, I mean. Yeah, the the Sinestro we already had in 2011 was uh, mm-hmm. that was not one of the problems. Let's put it that way. No, it wasn't. By the way, have you are you caught up on Harley? I am. Yeah. Did you notice in the uh, in the museum they had like a they had an egghead reference? They literally had like a cartoon version of Vincent Price in the egghead costume. Like, oh, that's one, fine. One of Egghead's eggs. I was so pleased. I was ecstatic. You might say. <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, the best <laughs> reference this season, at least, was the episode before, um, where Riddler takes over Gotham University. Yes, that was fun. And you realize they effectively had Jim Rash do a morning announcement. Yep. <laughs> I had to pause. I was laughing so hard. Yep. That <laughs> uh, was good. I, yeah, we, I looked at my wife. I was like, he's the dean again. <laughs> it's happened. Six seasons in a movie. <laughs> Six seasons in a Gotham. Yeah. Um, oh, there's a fun one. He's slender. He's got a nice sharp face. Let's throw Danny Pudi at Sinestro. See what happens. Oh, I could do that. Yeah, I'd be I'm happy. I've never, to do never that. tried to see him actually. Like he's played play evil on Community, and right, uh, he's legitimately an asshole in this Mythic Quest thing. But uh, I've never actually seen him try to do like genuine evil. I'd be kind of curious. Yeah, I'd watch it. I'd uh, watch any I'd, of these things. I'd take it on a date. See what happens. <laughs> get his numbers. Um. All right, Stu Little over on Twitter says, if Justice League Dark Apocalypse War really is the finale to the uh, animated universe continuity, what do you want to see in the next iteration of the animated movies? More standalones, a reboot, even a soft one that's like Rebirth? Any new cast you'd like to hear voice the characters? Oh, that's hard. I want standalones. I think standalones uh, are, they have a lot to offer. Mm-hmm. I've already told you the standalone I want is Deceased. Yeah. I want an animated Deceased. Um, I just think it's the best format for that kind of story. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it turns out there's plenty of play for sequels and stuff like that. Like the unkillables that the, the, uh, is going on right now. is just great. Yeah. Turns I'll, out I'll, Tom Taylor has a whole second part of the story ready to go when everything gets booted back up again. Um, yeah. Yeah. Shit. I mean, I would really love to see, uh, Silver Age stuff done. Uh, I want to see a proper new frontier. Like I know we saw we have an, uh, it's an a animated very truncated version though. It is so truncated. Yeah. Um I want, like I want a two and a half hour version of New Frontier. 
Yeah. I, I feel I like want... anything more would just be so much. That, that is a genuinely thick book, but still. Oh, I want like a three-part movie of New Frontier. That's what I want. Like... I do. Or do it like they did the uh, uh, Dark Knight. Um, and that's the great. Dark Knight Returns. I, like do yeah. two two-hour installments. And I want, I want every couple of years at least, I want animated installments continuing the Dark Knight Returns storyline. I want Dark Knight Strikes Again. I want mm-hmm. Master Race. I want Last Crusade. I want, uh, you know, whatever that new one, Golden Child. <laughs> yeah. I want that story finished in, in, in animated form. And yes, p- please keep bringing back Peter Weller and uh, Ariel Winter or whatever her name is. Yeah, I don't know who else I'd, I'd voice cast. They they have done a great job. Um, Dude, I want Brave and the Bold feature films. That's what I want. Yeah, that'd, I I'd want, be totally on board with that. I was, I still haven't seen Brave and the Bold meet Scooby-Doo, and I want to. Oh, yeah, we meant to do that. We haven't seen we, the other. I haven't even seen the last of the Adam West. Uh, I haven't either. We still need to do that. We just got so busy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was about the time we were like, man, we could look at all these movies we're going to look. And then like four new shows just blossomed out of nowhere. Oh, okay. I guess that's <laughs> where my time's going. Um, I, you know what I might do if I were them though, is just start with some fun stuff. Do, uh, like a JLA year one or, uh, something like that. Do some stuff that could have legs, but don't count on it, but mm-hmm. do standalones. And if something really hits, just, you just take advantage. Oh my God. They need to put all resources into an accurately animated version of kingdom come. No. Oh. Yeah. Oh God. That, that'd just be incredible. <laughs> and yeah. there would be a lot of resources. Yeah. Because the I mean the visuals on that would be incredible. Um maybe even like and I, I can't you know that show that uh came out on Amazon that's like it looks like rotoscoped? Yeah. That's what they should do with it. They should do uh, like Undone, I think. Yes, Undone. They should do that. Uh, because, you know, one of the big criticisms of Alex Ross is that all of his people look, uh, like people in cosplay. All right. Well, grab, grab people in cosplay and, and, and then run that shit. Yeah. Um, I would love, love to have, you know, uh, Tim Daly or George Newbern or, you know, uh, Kevin Conroy, whoever, man, whoever they want, whoever, like go to Mark Wade and say like, who did you hear in your head when you wrote Kingdom Come? Yeah. As these characters. Um, and then just go with it. Let's flesh it out. Let's do it. And let's not make it a freaking, let's do like a mini series because Kingdom Come deserves a mini series. It does. There are plenty of things I would like to see. I mean, if you had uh, to I ask me like series wise, what I would love to see, um, I want five or six movies just on the Dark Knight's metal thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want an, I want an animated, uh, everything that Jeff Loeb and Tim Sill did together. Yeah. Long Halloween. Dark yeah. Victory, Dark the whole, Victory, the whole shebang. Yes. Mm-hmm. Superman for all seasons. <laughs> also good. I can keep going. Uh. Yeah. I mean, I could do some more standalones, but um, I mean, series wise. Yeah. I think I, I honestly just business wise, I would just do standalones that I could count on. Mm-hmm. And if something caught fire, just roll with it. That's just how I would approach it. That's fair. Oh. And you know, voice wise, Andrew Romano had such a good thing going. I don't, I don't know that I would. I don't know how much I would want to change. I mean, she's done so many different versions. She was responsible for Peter Weller being Batman. You know, I I mean, just Diedrich Bader. Like, but just strokes of brilliance, though, across the board for the most part. And Mm -hmm. uh, for the most part, probably just outright. And I I mean, it would just it would have to be a a dose of genuine inspiration for me to come up with something better than anything she's done. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't I don't feel capable. I genuinely don't. I know I'm not. (sighs) All right. Last bit. Travis Hines. Mm-hmm. Would you like to see another season of the Justice League or Justice League Unlimited animated series? With DC Universe and soon HBO Max, wouldn't you want more content for those streaming services? Why not from an established property that you own the rights to? Uh, I don't want to see another season of it. Not unless I'm, they have something very specific they're doing. Yeah, and what I feel like is happening now is there's a splintering. Because I've been reading this this Batman Adventures Continue that's written by Alan Burnett and Paul Dini. And yeah. then Justice League was, um, God, I'm not, I'm Bruce Tim mainly, yeah. and uh, and Dwayne McDuffie and and a number of people who were in, involved in in the old animated series. And there's a splintering is, is of canon. The schism that Paul Dini wants to tell a story and Bruce Tim wants to see him all naked. Um, hmm. 
Well, that's a lot of what I've been saying. <laughs> Bruce was responsible. Bruce and Dwayne were responsible for epilogue and yeah. the the big twist of that episode. I remember that. So part that of the, has nothing to do with yeah. being naked. Uh, the thing is, Tim's mo these days. If yeah, and I don't know, like he didn't do it in Fatal Five, which was nice. Yeah, it was a good break. Um, it just depends on the project. I don't want to see another season. I don't want to see them like deviate from the DCAU um any more than they already have and i also don't want it to be like oh we just have to do like this like canned revival because the 90s are popular and people want this right now like i i kind of just want that version to go away now it's sort of like it's kind of started to become it started to veer into what i feel like is the the fear i had at a certain point i just stopped saying i wanted more firefly you know what i mean like i just kept saying like nope i'm good it, nope. <laughs> I don't ever want a reunion. I don't want to see a movie, another movie. I don't want Serenity 2. I don't want Firefly, The Next Generation. I don't want any of this shit. It was perfect the way it was. I'll read the comics. And, comics are and, fun. And have my dreams. And and uh, I don't need to see anything. I don't need Joss Whedon to come in with his now tarnished reputation and uh, somehow make it... Uh, canonize it, it. Canonize what it, you know... <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know if something happened to Joss well, Whedon. Remember what I was saying earlier though, about just when something's out in the open for so long, it, it starts to build expectations yes. and, you, and it fractures how many people you can please. Right. Um, this may be one of those situations where like I get in spirit what you're saying. It was a great show and I, I look forward to maybe one day being able to rewatch it. Like I'm just fingers crossed that the little girl likes this stuff because then it gives me a great excuse to sit down and watch every episode of everything again. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of fucking, I mean, Sesame Street's not even bad for child's programming, but I'm done. Right. And not, um, you know what? I'll tell you this. If, if they wanted to come together, Paul, Alan, the whole shebang wanted to come together and like show us Superman and Lois's life together post TAS and make sure that it was canon. Absolutely. That's one thing that I, I felt like we, we got shortchanged on quite a bit is like, you know, Superman and Lois kiss in that last episode of, of animated series. And we never really get a lot more from them. But, you know, I'm iffy about how it all turns out for him based on Batman Beyond's The Call. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think I'd like to see uh, how some of that played out. Uh, I would, you know, they could go into a lot of stuff with current, kind of takes some inspiration from current stuff. I'd love to see a young John Kent. Um, But... The the time, I think, is is very relevant. It's just been so much time that... Like, now, you know... You and I or anybody or anybody could sit down and talk about what might have happened mm-hmm. and we can talk about it and have a friendly conversation. I feel like at this at some point after enough time has passed, when something actually does happen and you now there is more canon, mm-hmm. somebody leaves that conversation disappointed. Yeah. And uh, you know, for us that <laughs> Harley Batman and Harley Quinn was a big point of disappointment. Oh god, it was just the worst. And I refuse to acknowledge that as canon. I genuinely do. Like Batwoman's getting in their way. Way faster. Yeah. I was about to say, like, up until that point, I was like, Batwoman was the point of contention in no. canon. No. I'll gladly accept her into the family. I'm she, Batwoman's coming to Thanksgiving fucking dinner before Batman mm-hmm. and Harley Quinn get even... They're getting yeah. the wrong phone number when they're asked about it, and then I'm changing my email. Well, Batman and Harley Quinn are, like, shoved over in the corner with Brainiac attacks. <laughs> I'll take Brainiac attacks. <laughs> I'll take campy bullshit all day instead of that. Brainiac attacks, man. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take three brainy attacks before I'll take one Batman Army Quinn. Oh man. But anyway, yeah. So uh I I I think that's the answer. Yeah. I in spirit I completely get what you're going for, sure, and in practice I don't think I actually would green light it if I had the option. Yeah, I don't think I would either. Like I think I would I would green light certain movies if I had a certain amount of like that's 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 the that's the irony. Is that they've always said that like all these shows, they were just like Warner Brothers would always just come to them and say, okay, we want this kind of show now. We want to change it up, do this. And then they would go do that and then like not ask permission. They would just make it a part of the universe. Yeah. And they just kept doing that. And now I think I'm, I'm grateful that they did that. But now if I were in charge at HBO or wherever and was in charge of that, I would just be like, no, I'm going to need to actually know that it's part of the canon before I sign off on this. 
Yeah. And you know what universe we're playing with. We're going to actually have to sit down. If you say it's DCAU and we are going to go out here with our marketing team and say, yes, no, this is in the Justice League Batman Animated Universe canon. I'm going to need certain assurances. I'm going to need to see a script. I'm going to need to see like how it lines up. I'm going to ha- see where it deviates and we're going to need to fix those things. Like, uh, you know, honestly, like I could give or take some voice actors. It's just, it's been a while. Some people have gotten busy in different ways. Like if, if there was uh-huh. a thing that we were very sure about and uh, what's his name? God damn it. That's killing me right now. Um, Superman's Tim something. Tim Daly. Tim Daly. Oh man, I need some cylinders back. Um, You know, let's say we couldn't have Tim Daly. What we had got Kevin Conroy, but we had to take, take some hits here and there. Okay. We'll, we'll talk about that. That I can deal with some of that. I think for me, it would be like if Burnett, Tim and Deanie were sitting in the office in front of me, all mm-hmm. telling me they were on board with an idea. I would really be open to it, but short yeah. of maybe those three sitting in a room being completely in agreement with each other. I don't know if I would really get too amped, too amped about it. Yeah. And as for, as for DCAU Superman, there's a lot you can do. You can do Tim Daly. You can do George Newbern who did him for in the Superman, uh, sorry, in the uh, justice league series yeah that's um, kind of a point is uh, there's play he, there if you can't get either of them tim's son sam did superman in in uh, i think flashpoint it sounds just like his dad so oh that's cool <laughs> that's I'm really good. cool there's a backup <laughs> yeah um so yeah i think i think uh you know i'm i'm protective of that uh that universe i think yeah i don't blame you and i was happy to see fatal five i was happy to include that as part of it as far as i'm concerned but um yeah, Newburn, Conroy, Eisenberg. You had all those cats, so. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's about where I'm with it, too. That's the show. <laughs> uh, thank you so uh, much for listening. And for writing in during these uneventful times to make them slightly more interesting and give us something to chat about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you guys don't have to wait until the end of the week when I'm like, hey, we're recording tonight. You guys can always just send us shit and we'll mm-hmm. talk about it on the show. Absolutely. I'll just catalog it, throw it away, dchuskreen.com for every episode uh, for free. Dconscreen at gmail.com if you want to email us. We're on Facebook and the Facebook group. We're in. Yeah. We, we pretty well hold the market on the Twitter, the actual Instagram. one word DC on screen. Yeah, man. We're everywhere. We, we might got not that shit locked down. Yep. We might not have posted for a minute, but we'll see it if you post it's something. It's still ours. <laughs> and we'll find you. There are too many social media platforms. You mean you don't have DC on screen at TikTok? I I actually do. <laughs> I have never posted anything. Liked anything. Watched anything. Just grabbed it. Uh, I did. I you know, did. I'm, I'm laughing, but there's a DC on screen Discord I have just in case. We're DC on screen on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Just in case. I, like, I have an idea how I might use that one day. And, uh, you know, if we ever do, if it ever comes to fruition, hey, it's mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't have a DC on screen on Vero, but I'm on Vero and I'm verified. So that means something, right? There you go. It wasn't even hard. <laughs> oh, well. Anyway. Thank you I'm guys for go listening. I'm going to go fall asleep. That's fair. I'm going to go find something to eat. I should do that first. That would be a good idea. Yeah. Until next time, keep that DC on your screen. Our intro music is by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Galactic Engineers of Magnetic Sounds, or GEMS, can be found on SoundCloud and Bandcamp. Visit DCOnScreen.com to find our Patreon, merch, contact information, and every episode of the show for free, including crossovers we've done with other podcasts. DC Onscreen is a maladjusted production. For more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy, vlogs, parodies, and our improvised web series Hey Guy, visit maladjusted.tv. Are you maladjusted? Look around you. That car you're driving. That house your family lives in. Making your daughter laugh. Inspiring her to dream. You did that. Teaching your son to drive. Teaching him he can be anything. All you. And your dreams for tomorrow. You'll do that too. Legacies don't just happen, they are made by you. The important word being you. American Family Insurance, protecting your dreams as you achieve them. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Products not available in every state. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies. American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Look around you. That car you're driving. That house your family lives in. Making your daughter laugh. Inspiring her to dream. You did that. 
teaching your son to drive, teaching him he can be anything, all you, and your dreams for tomorrow, you'll do that too. Legacies don't just happen, they are made by you. The important word being you. American Family Insurance, protecting your dreams as you achieve them. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Products not available in every state. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, SI and its operating companies. American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender, First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.